The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Podcast, your home for comic book talk, right around the BICBP radio network. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and I'm flying solo again today. Greg is still out. I believe he's coming back home from his vacation, his uh, anniversary right now as we speak. So, so yeah, it's, it's a little late. It's like quarter to eight on a Sunday. I'm starting this up. And we had a bit of a wild weekend this week past weekend. Western New York PodCon showcase happened. I ran around like a madman for, geez, all week just trying to get everything organized and, and prepared and ready for this event. And then Sunday night rolls around, and here we are. I realized I did not have an episode ready to go for the panel discussion. But, uh, you know, the show must go on. So I'm going to whip up something. Uh, I typically hate doing these episodes by myself. I really do. It's uh, it's good to have somebody to reverberate off of. Someone like Greg, too, of course, who's, uh, you know, he's been a, he's a really good, he's a really good co-host uh, on this show, and I do appreciate him and his time. But what I'm going to do today, since it's kind of, don't have any comic books prepared to read, and I feel like it's Spider-Man, if you haven't seen Spider-Man yet, it's kind of, it, we're, we're way past the spoiler the spoiler, uh, you know, hold out for that. It's been out for over a month now. Um, and I'm going to rank my top Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Uh, I'm going to rank them all in order. All, what do we got, 23 of them? Uh, from worst to first, I'm going to kind of give an explanation as to why um, I have them in those positions that I do, but see how quick I can get through this. Um, shouldn't be a too long... Shouldn't be a very long episode today, but I'm going to to give my opinion. Uh, just so you know, these this list does not reflect Greg's opinion on it, and I really wanted to do this with Greg, but we just couldn't meet up and match up and get this episode recorded. So I'm just going to do it myself, and and yeah, <laughs> let's see how it goes. I do want to hear everybody else's opinions, though. So when we post this episode, if you can. Find our Facebook page. Find anything. Please tell us uh, what your thoughts are. Everybody has a wide variation of how this list would go. There's a lot of different combinations. So um, I will get into it. First well, first and foremost, I don't hate any uh, MCU movie yet. Uh, <laughs> and some people might say that, oh, you're just a, you know, you're just a Marvel fanboy. Well, you know, that's... And maybe I am. Maybe I'm a little bit hard, but I love the I I love these movies. I love DC's movies, even though they haven't been all that great. I still watch them as often as I can. But I just remember a time when I was growing up, when I was eight, nine years old, home from school in the summertime, home on a weekend, and I'm like, man, I want to watch some superhero stuff, but there was nothing. Um, aside, I mean, he had the cartoons, and that was it. It was really just Tim Burton's Batman, uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman, and a couple of really, really bad quality, you know, 
There's a really bad quality Captain America movie from like 1990. Um, you know, I was too young to watch Blade at the time. But there wasn't an abundance as there is now. Uh, now, really, since the turn of the century, it's been there's been a lot of superhero movies. And and whether you agree with me, with me or not, I mean, I have to say that the Marvel Cinematic Universe helped blueprint how to do superhero movies. They all can't be by themselves. It's important to have them like linked together in some sort of way. Like this is how it's supposed to be. You know, I I want and I you know I wanted and I still want DC to kind of follow this formula uh, that's pretty much laid out for them. And they tried. But it just did not work out. But hopefully, uh, hopefully someday they get on track and, and can put together a cinematic universe that rivals Marvel's. I really, really do. But all right, without further ado, I'm going to get into this list. All right, 23. I think it's relatively predictable. Maybe if you hear me talk on this show, um, I have to say that Iron Man 3 is the worst uh, MCU movie that has been released to date. I think so. Uh, I really do, and I mean there was a there was. A, I think the Mandarin thing killed it for me. I think the Mandarin thing killed it for me. I wasn't very fond of the way that they handled it, even though I think they're going to redeem themselves with uh, the Shang Chi movie. I really truly do, but but yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the finest you know movie for Iron Man to go out with as far as his own singular movies you know his own trilogy it wasn't the best and I kind of wish that we got an Iron Man 4 um, but yeah it was it was rather disappointing it was rather disappointing from top to bottom um, you know on a plus side we did get to see Iron Man kind of well Tony Stark really uh, just kind of operate without the Iron Man suit and that might have hurt part of it for me but you know it, there really wasn't a whole lot of Iron Man in the movie, the, the, you know, the costume, all that, the, just goes such a long way for me. And, yeah, I think that might have hurt the hurt the overall film. Plus, I've seen, I've seen it a lot of times. That was back when I was single. I think I went on, like, three different dates, three dates with three different girls, and they're like, oh, let's all go see Iron Man 3. And I just, me just going, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So that might have hurt it for me. 22, Thor the Dark World is my number 22. This is the first movie I got to see with my wife when we started dating all the way back in oh the movie came out I think late uh, early November early to mid November so this is our first superhero movie outing and we've been together for every you know gone and seen every movie uh, that's come out ever since but uh, Thor lacked a lot of action to it and you know the first two Thors I don't know. I don't know what it was. Uh, it really lacked pizzazz. I, I guess. I mean, we all know. I, th- I think Ragnarok's a great movie. Ragnarok is a great movie. But the first two Thors, like I, I enjoy them. Like I said, I don't hate any of these films on here. But uh, I didn't care for Malekith. Uh, you know, the Dark Elves. Uh, it was. I did like the the way that they used Loki. And I thought that was that was relatively neat, and I did like enjoy the the post credit scene where they kind of um, alluded to the Guardians a little bit. I think they 
yeah, they, well, the Guardians hadn't come out at the time, but, um, you know, they kind of introduced the collector who had become a big part of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie just the following July. So, so yeah, Thor Dark, Dark World is my number 22. Uh, number 21 is the very first Thor. While it was a, uh, you know, it was pretty groundbreaking, pretty, it was, it was, you know, pretty neat seeing the God of Thunder on, in, on a movie. Like, I never thought I'd get to see that, as well as a lot of these characters. But, uh, again, just a lot of story, not quite enough action. The movie started off really well with action, and it ended, you know, pretty good with action. But in the in-between stuff was just relatively slow. And, I, I mean, I guess I kind of get it. Uh, you know, you're giving Thor... Thor's got to redeem himself. I guess it's a character growth angle that they kind of went with. and But I think it was it might have been too early to do that. I'm not sure. Because Thor 3 did it without... He didn't really have... You know, he didn't have his hammer. And he kind of figured himself out. So it was kind of weird doing it. But, um, you know, the, the way that they did, obviously they ended up changing directors. But, um, you know, Thor, Thor 3, with the, the struggle not having his hammer, I think came off way better than it did... The, uh, the first movie. So Thor is my number twenty-one. Uh, number twenty, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Captain Marvel in here. Uh, you know, I I actually like Brie Larson's very you know version of Captain America. I really truly do. I think she looks the part. the The haircut she had in Endgame was great, um, but I feel like this was a I don't know. I just feel like this is a weird placement for. An introduction storyline. I don't know. One of the things that bothered me about the X Men movies was that the aging. It just. I don't know. It maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just a minuscule thing, but the aging thing. You know, here it is, nineteen ninety, what four or five Captain Marvel, young as can be, and then she comes back in Endgame, looking the same. I get it. From you know, it's <laughs> she's aging in real in our real time. But it was just a little strange. I feel, you know, it didn't really set anything up, I don't think. You know, I think the 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 Avengers thing was like a kind of a cool nod. And it was nice to see like Sam Jackson, a younger version of Nick Fury. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like they could have saved her for something bigger to, to start off. Um, and I'm not entirely sure how, but... It's it's weird these time you know these these movies going back in story are weird and you know everybody's everybody's in you know Infinity War just happened the previous year uh, the end credit scene of Ant Man and Wasp had just happened and it was just weird to go back in you know the 90s when I was just like I want to know what's going on now well, I don't know what's going on now so that's that was my only really, pop, really problem with it but overall I did enjoy the movie. 19, I'm going to put Ed Norton's The Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, I thought this was really cool, and I thought it was a shame that Ed Norton didn't get to continue to play Bruce Banner or the Hulk in the rest of the, you know, the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought Ed Norton looked the part of Bruce Banner, you know, the Bruce Banner that we all grew up with in the, you know, the traditional era. And... And 
Yeah, I mean, I guess he was difficult to work with. They decided to go with Mark Ruffalo, which understandable. You have to do that. Mark Ruffalo, that's nothing to take away from Ruffalo at all. He's played an incredible Bruce Banner and Hulk in his own right. Uh, but the switch up would kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, you know, I like the story. He starts off in exile. Uh, but there's some really cool Hulk scenes. I, I remember uh, I went to the movies with uh, Eric Stopa, who was our guest last week, and my other friend Billy G. And, you know, with all, the way that the, the last fight went with Abomination, which was, you know, probably one of the better uh, superhero fights that I've ever that I've seen. Um, you know, they, they went and did a lap in the parking lot. It fired them up that much. And, I mean, there's there's the, the scene at the school where they're trying to gas him. And he turns to the Hulk, busts up a bunch of tanks and, and, and all that. So, uh, Incredible Hulk. That is my number... Excuse me. It's been number 19. Number 18, Iron Man 2. Uh, you know, follow-up, big follow-up to the first Iron Man. And, you know, Whiplash. Mickey Rooker's Whiplash was, uh, I think it was, a, it was a pretty neat treat. I think he did a decent job. Even though he ended up essentially becoming, like, Iron Man with the Whiplash abilities. It was kind of... It's kind of strange. My favorite scene in this movie, though, was the War Machine and Iron Man scene in the park where all the uh, the drones flew in and were about to attack them. I think I still love that scene. I watch it continuously to this day. Um, just that scene alone. And it's a really cool one. A uh, little bit of a step back from the first Iron Man, but, um, you know, the, you're kind of getting that Tony Stark swagger uh, at this point. Uh, well, really, really getting a feel for it, um, and what the superheroes supposed to come. You know, there's some allusions to the, some more alluding to the Avengers, in, in this case, and you know, not bad overall. Number seventeen, I have Captain America: The First Avenger. Uh, I this was another one that really amazed me. I, I didn't know how this was going to turn out. And I still remember. Going to see it for the first time. I think it came out around my birthday in 20... Might have been 2010, 2011. I want to say 2011. And they did a really good job of putting Chris Evans' head on this smaller man's body. And like, and then making him... Blowing him up. And they did a good job with setting you know, this World War II environment. And it was just... It was a lot of fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. There were some slow parts in it too. Um, you know, it... Did not come. I don't. Me personally, I don't think it came close to Civil War or Winter Soldier. But as far as a setup movie to get ready for the Avengers, I think it was very effective. They had the Red Skull, and um, you know, even though the the battle, the final battle between those two was seemed relatively short, um, it was a really good cast too. I was very impressed with that. Very enjoyable cast. Excuse me, casting with that movie. So I have Captain America First Avenger number 17. Number 16. I've got the first Ant-Man. Got the first Ant-Man. You know what? A lot of people shat on it before it even came out. And I have a friend who shat on it before it came out. And I eventually made him watch it and he liked it. Um, people did not like the idea of Paul Rudd being a superhero and I don't understand that. Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd's gold. <laughs> He's so funny. 
And, I mean, you're not going to be able to take a character like Ant-Man very seriously. And Paul Rudd brought his classic humor and, uh, you know, and turned it into this, this really cool heist movie. And it did well, you know, Evangeline Lilly and, and Michael Douglas and, you know, just Lewis, and, you know, just all those characters uh, made for a really good movie. The The final battle between him and uh, Yellow, you know, Yellow Jacket was really neat. And, you know, you got to see some cool stuff like the Thomas the, Tra- the Tank Engine, you know, the, you know, scene and just so much more. Ant-Man and I really liked Ant-Man. It was a nice you know, it was a nice treat. Um, I knew it wasn't going to come out and be one of the better ones, and it did really well for itself. But um, I think they picked the perfect Ant Man for it. Uh, Paul Rudd is just is just great. So that is my number. What did I say? Sixteen. My phone keeps locking out. Sixteen. Fifteen. I have Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. November of sixteen. I believe it came out. I've seen it once regular cinema, once in the IMAX 3D. And that was one that was definitely worth getting the IMAX 3D with all the, you know, sorcery powers and stuff. It just looked really good. Just gave it incredible depth and detail. And, um, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Kaecilius thing. I can't remember which director alluded to it, but they said the the problem with a lot of MCU movies, uh, a lot of the Marvel movies, is that the the enemies are essentially the same character had the same abilities as their heroes and you know the the sorcery thing i i get it it's gonna it's gonna kind of happen like that ant-man with yellow jacket um iron man with iron monger and hulk and abominate like those are very like similar matched characters i i want to see more characters that that kind of challenge that stuff and i think eventually dormammu is going to be um you know one of those interesting villains that that will really truly challenge him i'm excited for nightmare and the next one but um i got dr strange here benedict gumberbatch uh played a perfect dr strange he had the look and he did it he did it well there was excellent character growth in that growth in that movie from from start to finish Uh, 14 i'm gonna go avengers age of ultron uh really liked this movie when it came out and a lot of people didn't and the more complaints that they had unfortunately it it wore me down a little bit i still enjoy watching this movie because it was the debut of scarlet witch vision um, and my favorite iteration of quicksilver aaron taylor johnson's version i wish he could have been kept around Um, but the stakes didn't seem as big as they did in new york they they you know the the very first avengers movie Battle in Sokovia just felt smaller. It was an isolated community. I don't know if it's... I really don't know how to portray it to make it bigger. Obviously, the the danger was, you know, worldwide catastrophic, but I don't know. It was just... It was strange, and the Ultron bots kind of weren't very formidable, I guess. I don't know uh, how to describe it, but I did enjoy Age of Ultron. You know, there was, the Vision th- deal was a big surprise for a lot of people and I remember going I think we went opening night excuse me that opening third I think it was that opening Friday night and I don't know I just love hearing the excitement of people that's why I love going to opening night for a lot of these films because people are a little bit more lively uh the reactions are a little bit better versus going a week after the film comes out that's all part of the movie 
cinema experience. But people pop for people got really excited for Vision, so you know I, I really enjoyed it overall. So that's my number fourteen. Number thirteen, Spider Man Homecoming. Spider Man Homecoming. I oh man, I can't say enough how much I enjoyed Tom Holland as Spider Man, and this was the perfect like solo debut film for him you know the high excuse me the old high school aspect him dealing with tony stark you know i these movies helped me fall in love with spider-man again they really truly did it brought back you know memories of like that anxiety just just so much going on that teenage like angst and i remember it i i can associate with it because i lived that life but you know luckily for tom Peter Parker, you know, he has superpowers. So it, it's cool to, to relate to a lot of these characters on a personal level. And I think that's why I like Spider-Man so much. And I did enjoy their portrayal of Vulture. It was uh, it was really well done. The, the whole ba- His whole backstory behind it was really neat. And, you know, there was just some cool cool fight scenes, you know. Well, between him, the Vulture, the, the Shocker deal, and... And so much more, and I love the the last little scene when uh, when Aunt May walks in, and that seems to be their their thing now, closing off with a cut off swear word, and I'm I'm perfectly okay with it. So Spider Man Homecoming is my number thirteen, number twelve. I'm gonna go Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, much needed, much needed movie came out July of 2018, just this past um, yeah, just about a year ago now, and. You know, Infinity War left people shook, I think is the best way to describe it. That theater, once the end credits scene rolled around, the, the, well, the credits finally rolled all the way up to the top, people were quiet. People didn't know what to say. It was kind of, I was, you know, just left in amazement. And then here we go, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's Paul Rudd. You know it's going to be funny. And they deal with him kind of before. Like, it's after Civil War, obviously, but it's all this is going on right before Infinity War. And it was much-needed comic relief. And it ended, it ended, well, you know, it ended, I think, perfectly. Well, as far as the post credit scene went, you know, Amen, and, you know, they kind of, you know, Pym and, and the Wasp, they all kind of did their own thing. But it ended perfectly and gave gave way for Ant-Man to kind of join the Avengers and you know, make Endgame even bigger. Because I think that was one of my dis- disappoint. I didn't have too many disappointments about Infinity War. I really didn't. I, I was hoping to see Ant-Man. But when I seen this movie, I kind of got the grasp of what they were doing with it. And it, uh, I think it worked out really perfectly in the end. And Ant-Man looked like a even bigger hero by the time Endgame was all finished up. So that's my number 12. Number 11, I'm going to put Black Panther. This one, you know, highly touted, beautiful visuals on this movie. Absolutely beautiful visuals on it. And it gave life. I, I like when, when that sort of thing can give life to a to a made-up city. Wakanda was really, really cool. And I did like, you know, how they brought up Killmonger, his origin story, what happened with it. I liked the culture behind it quite a bit, too. It, it just... I don't know. It set a good background for it. There's a lot of a lot of humor in it, 
but it was cool to see Black Panther in his own solo movie. Um, you know, all the all the, the try to become king. He had a fight in Baku, and you know, fighting Killmonger for the throne. There was just a lot of ups and downs with it, and it was really really well done. All of the characters looked like a million bucks by the time the movie was said and done. Um, I just I was a little disappointed that they killed off uh, Ulysses Claw because I feel like he could have become something bigger down the road, and who knows? He he, he actually potentially could, because I know in the comic books he's made of sound. Um, so there's a potential there for him to make a comeback, but, um, you know, all in all, I think a uh, really great movie, and it deserved, you know, one of the highest box offices of all time. Really enjoyed Black Panther. My number 10 it's got to be the OG. Iron Man, the very first Iron Man. Just mind, like, bending, like, just awesome. You know, I, oh, Iron Man's coming out next year. Oh, my God, how's this? How's it going to look? Is it going to be cheesy? Um, are they going to make him look just like his comic books? You know, comic book counterpart, which you always ask. I've been asking that forever because, I, you know, I used to really like the X-Men movies, but one thing that they did not commit to was honoring the classic costumes and whatnot. And Iron Man did really good. Set up variations and, and, and stuff, preluded to certain things. Like he had a early like War Machine-esque suit ready to go, and they teased it a little bit. But I did like, uh, you know, I did like the final battle in it. I liked Iron Man testing out his suits. I liked the cave scene. I think it was pretty bold. There was a, there was a lot of... There was a lot going on in the movie, and I think it did. They did a really good job, and you know, for for Robert Downey Jr., just huge opportunity. Look at that! I think that launched him really back into to Hollywood stardom. It really did. It made him made him a very rich man, and yeah, he was. Uh, it was great. I love the ver- the first Iron Man. My number nine. I'm gonna go Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. On this one, seen this one three times uh, in theaters because uh, I seem to do that quite often. Um, you know, but I like Guardians. It was very, it was very highly anticipated. The the first one took everybody by surprise, and now everybody had their expectations so high that it actually disappointed some people. Which you know, it's everybody has their own taste and whatnot. It it didn't disappoint me at all. Uh, I thought it was a good. Good adventure. The the Guardians kind of got split up into these, you know, well, they yeah split right in half, essentially. You get to see them kind of operate separately, but still as teams. And it was, uh, <laughs> there were some funny moments, as usual, and I really liked how they utilized Ego the Living Planet in this movie. Uh, really, really good. And Yandu looked like a million bucks, and I understood Kind of why he, you know, they had to let him go in that respect. But, um, yeah, just really good fight scenes. Like, Drax, like, looked like a leader in the movie. Baby Groot was one of the best parts that, you know, that whole endeavor. Like, my dog has, we, my parents just bought my, my dog a, <laughs> a Baby Groot toy uh, for Christmas with the awesome mixtape squeezy thing. And... You know what I mean? That that's that's lasted forever. Baby Groot is like one of the favorite the favorite variations or one of the favorite all time characters, and it was just 
it was kind of the father son dynamic with Rocket and Groot was was really well done in there. Um, then yeah, I just I really really enjoyed the final battle. Love the mixtape for this one too. I have it on my phone ready to go at a moment's notice. Number eight, I'm going to put Captain America: Civil War. Captain America: Civil War, fantastic movie. I think it was the best way to close out Captain America's trilogy and get everything ready for I think really get everything ready for Infinity War and everything that's come after it. Um splitting up the Avengers was you know, was genius. It was a it was actually, you know, a really, really good story through and through. And like the airport scene was really cool. It brought together all these characters who have never really interacted with each other before. Never really interacted with each other before. And it uh it worked very well. It worked very well. So Captain America Civil War is my number eight. Number seven. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Spider Man Far From Home on this one. Spider Man Far From Home. I uh I was t- I was really surprised how good they uh, they did this movie and well I, I shouldn't say surprised but they did a really good job you know again back to the association with the Peter Parker character he's going on this vacation he's in love with a girl and he doesn't know how to tell her and he has to deal with a bunch of other stuff that's always been Spider Man's biggest uh, you know one of the things in his way all the time is. Everything else gets in the way of his personal life, and you know they they do a good job of bringing that from comic books to, to the movies. What I was most impressed about was how that they portrayed Mysterio. I didn't know how Mysterio was going to pan out. Uh, you know, for the longest time, it's been like smoke and mirrors and all the sorts of illusions and stuff. But they put a modern twist on it. They with the drones. And it worked really, really well. I liked his angle. I was legitimately surprised uh, when Mysterio revealed himself because they did a good job of making the audience believe it. Are they really going to go with this? Are they really going to make him a good guy? Are they? Is he really from another reality? They did a really good job of making me believe it, and I, you know, I fell for it. And then when he kind of revealed himself as the true bad guy, uh, their fights are really cool. I'll admit, as a comic book guy, I was never a fan of Mysterio. Never, ever cared for Mysterio. When the animated series was on, if I if I seen that Mysterio was going to be the focal villain, I did not give two shits. This movie made me care about Mysterio. It really, really did. And it was fun. I went to theaters twice to see it. Uh, I would totally see it again. And it led to some really, really cool stuff. I am eager for the next Spider-Man movie, especially after Far From Home, the mid-credit scene was unbelievable. Uh, with J. Jonah Jameson, well, like I said, it's been out for a month. I'm going to reveal it. J. Jonah Jameson releasing that Spider-Man is actually Peter Parker to the entire city of New York. So there's a lot of repercussions that go hand in hand in this. You know, as I want to see his dy- dynamic with. His classmates, you know, his fellow classmates, and, and just all throughout New York, you know. Um, Iron Man opened, in the very first Iron Man movie, I Am Iron Man, he officially, you know, revealed that he was the superhero. But Spider-Man wanted to keep his identity secret. Can't blame him. He's a high school student. And, you know, he doesn't have the means to kind of protect everybody the way 
that he may you know may or may not want to. So he put a lot of targets on his back. Um, J. Jordan Jameson did with this this you know this that statement. So it's leading me to believe that Scorpion's going to be the villain of the next movie. I don't think they're going to go Sinister Six just yet, but I'm thinking Scorpion based on how the comic books go. So, but I'm really excited for that. Uh, so that's my number seven. Yeah, I wanted to, I I've been wanting to talk about that more for quite some time. And like I said, Greg's not here unfortunately. Episode or excuse me, not episode six. Number six. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Thor Ragnarok on this one. Thor Ragnarok, so much fun. Breed put life into the Thor character. It was you know like I said he struggled. He didn't have his hammer, but he he really truly figured out his abilities with it, becoming really truly becoming the god of thunder. And they did a good job of intertwining Loki into the storyline. Did a great job of bringing the Hulk back involved. Uh, Valkyrie, phenomenal. Meek and Korg, awesome. The Grandmaster, like you, you can't beat Jeff Goldblum. Like, come on, so 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 good. Uh, absolutely loved it, and you know, great movie soundtrack. And the final battle with Hela was intense. When they're on Asgard, and Loki shows up on the ship, and then immigrant song from Led Zeppelin starts playing, and he's just. Oh, it was just so good. So, so good. And I appreciated the, the nod that they made uh, to the Incredible Hulk when when Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner jumped out of the spaceship and then just laid on the ground concussed. But really cool visuals. You get to see a bit of a darker side of Asgard in this. And, yeah, I mean, it was a, like, yeah, it was a, it was a relatively weird vibe because all these other previous movies... You get Asgard portrayed as this beautiful city. Rainbows and sunshine and bright sparkly stuff everywhere. And then this one, Odin's not there anymore. And everything just kind of, you can just tell. It's just a darker atmosphere. So, so that, I got that at number six. Um, Number five. I'm going to go Thor Ragnar. Oh, I just said that. I'm going to go Avengers Endgame on this one. Avengers Endgame, I'm going to put it at number five. And for a lot of people, it's their best, it's their favorite movie. And I can see why. Endgame tied up a lot of loose ends. A lot of loose ends. It made nods to moments and phrases that were said that people might not have picked up on um, in earlier movies. It did a really good job tying that all up. Um, a little slow. Of course, I mean, it started off with, you know, Thanos getting beheaded. And then you're like, you know, where do they go from here? Five years later, it's slow, uh, but it's it's kind of neat, too, because you're you're seeing the way, how, how people's lives are affected by it, um, by the whole thing. And, they, you know, these, this time heist scene or, or, or deal, and they come back and... You know, there's there's some plot holes, of course. There always will be. Time travel is a weird, weird thing. But this movie was the perfect send-off for a lot of characters. Um, most importantly, Iron Man and Captain America. They did really good. The portal scene, one of probably easily the best scene in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. The best scene. The fight was awesome. It was really, really good. And just seeing all the heroes come back. Like, I, I still like, I get like the chills. And I might sound like a fanboy, but I like, 
I almost tear up a little bit. It, it's really weird how excited I get for this scene. I really, really do. And I've watched that in replay so many times, but it's just a, it's a great scene. Um, but yeah, there were some slow parts for me. That's why I don't have it up higher. But I still think, I mean, five. Like I said, I don't hate any of these movies. I think five's the perfect spot for it. Four. But go Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy connected to me. Yeah, like that was another like personal level movie. I was when this movie came out. I thought it was just going to be a one-off movie. I didn't think there was going to be much, and I was going through like a really exhaustive period of time when that movie came out. Um, I was working 20-hour days, well, like six, yeah, like 18 to 20-hour days at the time, and between, I was mowing lawns for like eight to nine hours a day for my day job, I'd go home, sleep for a couple hours. And then I go work overnights because I was trying to become an electrician at the time. And Friday night was like one of my only, I think it was one of my only nights off. It was Well, it was one of the first nights off I had. Um, but I was tired. I was super exhausted. I came home from work um, and slept. I had an alarm set so I can be up early enough to get everybody, gather them, head to the drive-in and go watch the movie. And I overslept a little bit. I think I, I think I fell asleep about four, four thirty, and I woke up like seven, seven thirty, like seven, seven thirty-ish around that day. So I scrambled. I went to go pick up my now wife. Went to go meet up my cousins, and we just sprinted out there. And we eventually had decent seats, but it was just, I was exhausted. I was just so tired. And this movie put like a smile on my face, and like for the first time, and at you know at that time, months. Because how tired I was, just Chris Pratt made the Star Lord character, made him, you know, just fun. Just he was so fun, and the, the, the comedy just worked, and the music just worked. It was a huge part of the movie, and there was just a, you know there's enough action. It just it took me by surprise, and I greatly appreciate that movie forever. Um, you know, just for as important as it was, it just it came out at the right time for me. And I think it's an important one for a lot of people. It was, just a, it was a very heartwarming movie by the time it was all said and done. Uh, my number th- what do we got? three. I got three left. Captain America Winter Soldier. Captain America Winter Soldier. Definitely has to be there. Um, wow, so good. Perfect fallout for after the first Avengers movie. Here you get Cap kind of getting adjusted to the the real world, the modern world, and he still has his old world values and he fights it, you know, and, and this is this huge, huge, you know, on and off again battle with, with Hydra. You kind of find out the infested shield and just a lot of really good fight scenes. Uh, and Winter Soldier was portrayed great. I remember when they were like, oh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to mess this up. But that's because... I was used to X-Men movies where they didn't allude to certain relationships and stuff. And they did it really, really good. Um, passion, like Very passion fight scenes. Falcon was great. Black Widow was great. Everybody through and through. There was a lot of... It kind of made you think a bunch throughout the movie. Almost in the same light that The Dark Knight did with Heath Ledger's Joker. But this, it, the movie made me think quite a bit. Um... 
as it was happening, as I rewatched the movie, just absolutely loved it. Captain America Winter Soldier, I can pick up any time and, and sit through and just thoroughly enjoy it. My number two is going to be the first Avengers movie. Oh, man. I still get chills watching that first circle up scene when they're all together finally, all united. And, you know, I didn't really quite appreciate it at the time. Or maybe I did. But I was a little mind blown at how, you know, wow, these characters from different movies are together. And it's really neat. Because I never been used to that, never ever. The Spider-Man movies, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, they were isolated. Sony product, but stayed away from any other characters. Daredevil had did his own thing. Ghost Rider did his own thing. X-Men had their own world. Um, Fantastic Four did not interact. And then here you go, you have all these characters coming off, you know, single movies. Iron Man had two movies out at the time, and they're all coming together. And at the same time, you're introducing Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. You're introducing, you know, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. And it just worked. It worked. It That was just true magic. The The battle for New York is, is you know, probably one of the best, thir- probably 30 to 45 minutes uh, as far as battles go. Um, I did like that quite a bit. And there, there's just more urgency in that movie, I guess. The, the the stakes felt big the way that they portrayed it. Maybe, maybe it's because I've been in New York City, I realize how big it is. Um, but it seemed it seemed massive. And you're seeing all these space creatures flying in and just very intense, very intense. Number one, I, well, there's only one movie left. I have to go with Infinity War. Uh, I do put it ahead of Endgame because this movie... There was more going on. Uh, there was more... I guess this is the perfect you know, thing to say, that this movie was more urgent um, with it. Thanos was you know, super vindictive. The, the children of Thanos, the Black Order, were portrayed really, really well in this movie. Everybody got their time to shine in this movie from a hero perspective. Everybody that was kind of in it. You know, obviously, there's no Hawkeye, no Ant-Man, but... The Guardians looked great in this movie. All the Avengers did. You know, Iron Man and Spider-Man and Strange did. You know, they had more scenes and more time to show off what they can do. Whereas Endgame, as beautiful as that portal scene was, you know, not everybody got their time to shine and really show off what they can do in Endgame. So this one was was really cool. Everybody spread out, fighting different battles. and And I still love the Thor enters Wakanda scene. Where he zooms in with the uh, with Stormbreaker, he's got Groot and Rocket with him, and Forge is the name of the the original theme song for it. But uh, just really, really cool. <laughs> I mean, it's the best way to describe it. I I, I do. I, I prefer this movie over any of them, just because how yeah, just how frantic everybody was. They they knew Thanos was coming, and they thought to you know trying to stay a step ahead, and there was just some Really, really just great cinematography with it. Great action scenes, great dialogue. Just perfect. Just perfect. Love that Infinity War. But that is my list, everybody. That is my 23 MCU films ranked from bottom to top. Let me know how you think. Like I said, this this 
My list doesn't speak for everybody. I, I can certainly tell you that, and I know it doesn't speak for Greg. We we all have different opinions, but um, but yeah, that's what I got for today. Hopefully next week, everybody, myself and Greg will be back together reviewing comic books like we used to, and I I could definitely I could definitely use a uh, my full time partner back. That'd be uh, that'd be really nice. But uh, that does it for us here at the panel discussion. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you.